If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Hello. Can anyone around here speak basketball? It's the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. We're going back to back. Welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Freddie Rivas, and uh, who, sir, are you? Producer Matt Duncan. How you doing? Uh, I am. Uh, I'm. I'm doing. I'm. Uh, You're doing. I'm, I'm surviving. I'm being. I'm fighting through uh, all of life's uh, obstacles. And yes, uh, I'm here with you. So I'm happy. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, how how you hanging in there? You doing all right? Yeah. You know, it's uh, it's a stormy day. We've had some uh, technical difficulties here today. That's Usually, right. uh, don't have many internet issues on my end, but today. Uh, was uh, one of the, one of them days. That's right. And uh, for folks wondering why Matt would say something like that, he has a specific relationship with the internet. I do. He really like he holds him to account. Uh, first of all, and he yep. has really good. Matt's got a lead on a couple things like bulk sanitizer, fast yeah. internet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hot sounds, hot foley sounds. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, Matt. Past couple weeks. Um, you know, with the Black Lives Matter movement and uh, with so much uh, protest going on and the uh, defund the police movement um, and uh, just this kind of progress and protest that's been happening everywhere. Me and you have uh, been doing our best to kind of highlight stuff that we feels important. Um, and, you know, I think we've taken a bit of a break from our our usual kind of silly branding stuff, but uh, you know, just for the sake of covering that end, if anyone does want to find any of our stuff, um, yeah. where, 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 might, where, what's our website, you know, where, where might they find that? Just type in dunkspodcast.com. We've got all our links there for you. Uh, if you want to support us on, you know, subscribing on podcatchers or Patreon or, or whatever. Uh, yeah. Check it out there. Yeah. So you can get all, all the good stuff, all the info there. Yep. Um, but yeah, I thought today, uh, you know, I'd, I'd kind of try and fuel some optimism, uh, you know, um, and not like misguided because I think uh, progress is hard and you never have to stop. Uh, you, you can never stop fighting for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but but I do think sometimes it's it's tough hearing only 
you know, calamitous news or, or, or scary news or stressful or, you know, anxiety inducing um, headlines. So uh, what I thought I'd do is uh, I choose five headlines um, and obviously not dive into the articles, uh, but kind of just give people some, some, some reassurance that, that protest matters, um, that defunding the police matters, that this is a movement that isn't done. Um, and, you know, in, if you're feeling, if you're a Torontonian and you're feeling a bit bleak, um, with the way our city council uh, vote went down in, in June, um, then you know you can you can take solace in the fact that progress is not necessarily linear, and uh, and be inspired from places around North America that are are cutting funds to the police um, to make their city safer. Uh, so, uh, why don't I just go for it, Matt? Do you yeah. want me to read these, these five, go for uh, it. these five cool, nice to read headlines? Sure. All right. Number one, um, it's the only Canadian one here. Hopefully we see more of those, but, uh, council cuts Edmonton police budget by $11 million creates citizen task force. Hey, shout out to Alberta. That's all right. Um, you know, with the obvious implication, uh, with all of these, you know, headlines, uh, we, we want and need more. Um, uh, let's move on to number two, uh, Minneapolis advances plan to dismantle police department. Uh, number three, New York city council approves 1 billion cut to NYPD. Number four, Los Angeles city council votes to cut LAPD budget by $150 million Mm. and reduce police staffing. And number five, the Baltimore city council eliminated $22 $22 million from the police budget. And there's a, I cut out the a question I didn't like. Uh, what does that look like? Just mm. because I, I felt like maybe that was straying into a conservative, uh, conservative um, argument. But yeah. Uh, yeah, this is just for the folks, you know, who are looking for some, some hope somewhere or, or even, you know, hope's the wrong word maybe, but re- reasons to continue fighting and, um, protesting and you know th- those are just five headlines there's many more and this is happening in so so many cities and 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 counties and uh provinces and um mm-hmm. and uh you know hopefully hamlets uh around uh all the provinces and states of uh of the, of the u.s and canada right um cool uh, i've probably trailed off a little bit there but um yeah just trying to share some some something semi-positive yeah. Cool. Well, um, yeah, let's, uh, let's dive into, uh, everything basketball, uh, everything that's going on in Orlando Raptors. Uh, we have, uh, two of our favorite guests and it's a really fun pod. And I think we all had some good laughs. Uh, and, um, yeah, Matt, if you feel like we're good to go, why don't you just give me the, okay. Okay. Okay, uh, let's get rolling here on the pod. Um, it's going to be a very homey, fun pod. We actually spent a, a solid half an hour bonding, and it was it was really good. Um, no regrets. That's not sarcastic even a bit. Um, these are two of my favorite guests. I love having them on the show so much. Uh, let's bring a guest number one. Um, we're always talking about doing WNBA stuff. Hopefully one day we do. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about the WNBA today. Um, 
she's amazing. She's hilarious. She's a wicked writer, uh, just so talented and has excellent basketball opinions all of the time. Give it up at home as loud as you can for Catherine Niker. Can see us. Even on, you guys have been on so so many times. I could I could probably do that song in my head. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, also I'm not used to the little birdie sounds. That was a nice little. Yeah, touch. I don't know what's that. Is that on my end? I think that might be in uh, Park Definitely Taylor. not on my end. Yeah, I think that's our next guest. And, and ah, okay. You know what? At first, I thought that was some of Matt's clever audio foley, and perhaps it was like a type of uh. Yeah, I was I like, don't this know, is like a little a, nature remix. Serene. Oh. Yeah, I, thought, I thought Matt was like doing like you know how people do like a, a wild sound after they like you know film a commercial. Yes. It's like getting some wild. <laughs> sound and Matt's like honestly I'm getting some wild sound with birds but um no let's 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 bring on the the dude who's hanging out with a bunch of birds right now uh, he's in his backyard he's hilarious he's got an infant um he was just telling me about a, a Grizzlies game he was watching from a very long time ago so um you know keep him in your thoughts uh it's it's a busy crazy time uh you know him, you love him, he's hilarious. Give it up for Ian Gordon. Hey, um, I'm feeling good. I'm, I'm here with the birds in the Garden of Eden back here. <laughs> and, and this is the only place I can be because the other room is the, uh, the off exhaust for the air conditioner. So that's loud as hell. In the other space, there's babies trying to sleep. So I'm outside in the garden, but I feel great. It's really humid and my eyelids are sweating. So that's good. <laughs> nice. Um, that sounds I'm like pretty on the podcast. That's for darn sure. Dude, I'm happy to have you. I hope uh, yeah. you don't, you don't melt in your backyard and thank you for, I mean, putting in the work because this is, this Damn is a right. good time. Um, <laughs> Will Weldon, if you're listening, yes, you drove, uh, through a through a, a hot highway uh, in in the L.A. desert and recorded a pod. That's big, but Ian's sitting in a desert, right? He's just like sitting under the sun. So, yeah. um, it's very humid. Yeah, it's very humid. Uh, it's a hot time. It's a it's a wild, scary time. Um, let's uh, let's let's talk about let's talk about our raptors. Let's kind of get parental here and uh, see how much we need to worry about them. Um, Matt, uh, if you got a raptor sting, would you please please Give it to me. Okay. We are, uh, sorry, I don't know when the sting ended. I'm just ended. laughing at the birds being the raptor sting. <laughs> well, I heard that, I heard the beginning of like, um, the raptors. And then it like faded into the birds. And I was like, oh. Um, well, the raptors, uh, you know, birds used to be dinosaurs or whatever. So yeah, that's true. Kind of- Whoa, cheers. Yeah. <laughs> totally works. That's big. Yeah. That's yeah. That's a really big like comparison. Um, Ian, let's uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, that that sounds like I'm, like I'm giving you guys like vicious burns. I'm I'm trying not to. No, no, uh, I know. Ian, let's let's let's. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with the first question. So, 
our precious Raptors um, are the like very first team that's in Orlando and they're just mm. totally kind of by themselves. Um, I thought my brother Miguel was telling me that if they make it to the finals or there's some kind of stat where if they make it to game seven of the finals, they will have been in quarantine for something like 120 days. So Jeez. they're in it already. And so, and you know, we're, we're still hearing about all the, the tests around the league and practice facilities shutting down and all that, but that's not the case for our squad. Our squad is there practicing. Um, are you nervous for them? Uh, I think, I think every, you kind of have to be, there's so much that we don't really know about the whole COVID thing and how it can spread, etc. Seems to be a lot of good information and misinformation. The only thing that I can feel good about is I tend to like the NBA. They tend to, plan stuff out pretty well. This is uncharted water, so it's really strange. Yeah. To be honest with you, overall, I'm, ha- I'm happy to be able to watch basketball, but it's weird to me that it's going to come back. If it didn't come back, I would have been okay. Uh, you know, I think that overall, it's going to be a really strange thing, I, but I am worried somewhat about them. I mean, these guys, this is, a again, the extent of the virus is up and down, but these are all healthy people in the prime of their lives, so <clears throat> I'm not necessarily worried about any one of them becoming extremely ill but the notion that they could get it easily because the epicenter of the virus worldwide is there now but again you hope that the nba just does their job really yeah yeah no it's uh like i think i agree with everything you said it's um you know as a hardcore fan i was pretty okay with the nba not happening um the Raptors yeah. not, not defending their title, uh, even though uh, I'll never stop saying back to back until it's like actually done, done, done. But um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's just a complicated set of feelings, especially when I think for a lot of us, hardcore basketball fans, like, or, or Raptors fans more specifically, it's such an escape and it's such a crazy, wild, fun, fascinating time just from a basketball perspective. And uh and yeah, I'm, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm fearful for them and in it being the epicenter and then them also being in the bubble and being the first ones there. It's like, I, you know, I haven't quite figured out the metaphor for we, the North or we, the alone, or we, the most quarantined or, or what, but it's, yeah, it's like part of me wants to be like, yeah, the Raptors like, like kind of turn this into like that you know, Raptors, other, other narrative from a fan perspective, but then also it's like, Oh man, it's, it's even bigger than that. So that's a, feels like a weird thought. Um, Catherine, are you, yeah. You know, the Raptors are in the epicenter. Um, Brian Windhorst recently said that uh, he used him as an example for, I guess, like the NBA's proficiency uh, in, if, if you want to call it that um, in, you know, like the idea that, once the players get there, they are safe there. Um, and obviously safe, you can interpret a bunch of ways, considering they're all going to be in isolation and alone. And anyways, a bit of a meandering question, but are you nervous for the Raptors in Orlando? Um, yeah, I'm pretty worried about them. Um, I think this whole situation, like I would feel, I mean, I'm trying not to make it just like a general NBA statement and make it more about the Raptors. I I think I would just feel better if the NBA restarted somewhere else. 
you know, like it's just, yeah. and maybe like, I, you know, I don't, I certainly didn't realize like six weeks ago, like how bad things would be in Florida. Like I wasn't really paying attention to what the COVID numbers were in Florida, but it's so bad. And I know they have this like bubble that they're in and like, I know the Raptors are being careful and I certainly trust that they're doing everything that they can do, but, uh, but it's just hard, you know, I mean, it just takes like, and it, when I say like, I was going to say like, Oh, it just takes one person, but I'm not even talking about the Raptors. I'm talking about like just one person who like works in this bubble even. Cause it's like, they still have to like go home to their lives. You know what I mean? It's not like, people who like cook and clean for them are just like staying there with them. Yeah. Right. So it's like, so it's just like, it's just, and then you're talking about just in the thousands every day. I I just like, if that were in Canada, we would be like fully in in lockdown. And I think um, my other concern just for the Raptors and also, I mean, this is a general statement for the NBA, but just like being away from your, families for so long because it's like obviously we're biased to the raptors here but i truly believe that we will go deep into this tournament like yeah. like the raptors have given me the utmost confidence that we will go deep me too into we're awesome. this tournament like we are awesome and everybody is in like great shape um everybody's like healed from like the injuries they had prior to everything shutting down and I'm sure you've talked about Marcus all a bunch, but still, it's just like, I think they're all in good spirits now. And I was watching some of the press conferences and they were like, yeah, but you know, like ask us in a month. And it's like, when you're like three, four months in and like, you haven't seen like your kids and stuff, like, yes, they're choosing to be there, but man, that's gotta be really hard. Yeah. And I think that that's such a good point. Like the, the idea of wanting to do something or even having the resolve to do it and having a plan is one thing. And then the other thing is that happening and being okay in the process or yeah, who knows what they'll become kind of like hypervigilant to or, or hypersensitive to um, in, in a hotel room with, with yeah. such a strict schedule and and such a calamitous situation all be around them. Yeah. Especially consider that they're going to be going through these trials of isolation and then they're going to play games with no fans. These guys are used to having, they're professionals, but they're used to also having fun and enjoying the game. And I, yeah. I don't know if it's really going to be strange to see how the dynamics just can be so weird, especially at first be so weird. And the Disney, the Disney thing is funny. Like, you know, it's Disney owns everything. They own ESPN, they own ABC and it yeah. makes sense. It's there. It's dollars, but it's so stupid that it's there. Really? It, it really is. Yeah. It really would be nice. if it better was places. You know, how many other places are there that are more sensible? in the States. So many. Oh yeah. No, I was going to say, or, you know, I mean, I just feel like a lot of people, I mean, I I don't even know how it played out and I'm not like a major UFC fan, but obviously like the idea of fight Island is so preposterous for anyone who's ever watched an action movie. (laughs) But I also feel like Island eh? like there's definitely a part of me where if this is the game and it's like, you know, yeah, the idea of of putting a bubble in in a highly 
dangerous area seems like, hmm, perhaps yes. the area was not taken into account enough. I'm sure if ESPN and the NBA didn't have a big contractual agreement, then probably wouldn't be at Disneyland. Oh, I mean, yeah, m- money is involved in every part of this. But, <laughs> you know? sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just like, just to add to that, I mean, it's obvious why they're in Orlando, like you said, because of Disney and how they own everything. But at the same time, like if enough people get it and they have to shut down, that's such a huge loss of revenue for them. Oh, that yeah. like to me, it's almost risk adverse to have been somewhere else, even just from a financial perspective. Yeah. 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 yeah that's, a, that's a good point. Um, okay. Let's, uh, I, I don't know if they're just kind of changing the subject here a little bit, but um, actually totally uh, <laughs> in, in terms of a, a Raptors perspective, but I'll, I'll stick with you, um, Catherine. I just listened to the uh, low post with uh, Chris Bosch. Uh, it's a nice one. Um, Zach Lowe is doing a bunch of stuff about, about the decision. Uh, but obviously, uh, Chris Bosch, you know, a huge, huge part of his career, especially since it ended early, uh, was a Raptor. Uh, CB4, um, Raptor Roar. You know, we, we remember Chris Bosch and, uh, and yeah, like all that. Like, I guess, like, kind of like what we thought was like an okay, successful time um before having actual success but uh he talked about this memory which like it just kind of like hit me in this like sensitive spot where i'm like oh my god that like takes me out of this pandemic time and into like such a like i can remember where i was i was yeah it was just such an intense feeling but do you remember um chris bosch's last season uh he during, like, close to the end of the season, he actually broke his face. Uh, so I think it was an elbow. I forget who it was, but he broke an orbital bone. And he also, I think, broke his like nasal passage. Uh, oh my God. Was, it was rough. And he was describing the injury to, to Zach Lowe. And it was like, it's, it's, it was horrible. Like, it's like, because, yeah, just everything they had to do uh, for the surgery and um, not to gross everyone listening out, but, uh, yeah, I just remember like that that sinking feeling, and then still hoping we were going to making the play, uh, we were going to make the playoffs, and then eventually Chris Bosh leaving. Um, so I just I'm trying to find some some camaraderie here. So uh, Catherine, I'll start with you. Do you remember that moment? Do you? Well, what's your feeling around that time? Yeah, I mean, it's funny. It's so funny every time I listen to Chris Bosh now, like that he's retired because he speaks of Toronto with a fondness that. I don't even know if he truly had at the time. Like (laughs) it's very like this nostalgia, but I mean, that's just life. Like that's what happens. You know what I mean? Like, like you kind of go through this phase in life and then you look back and that even like bad times kind of look a little sweeter to you. And I feel like that's what's happened with Chris Bosch. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I remember that injury being like devastating, never really thought to think about like how, unbelievably painful that was for him because not that I don't think that, but you know what I mean? I wasn't like when he talked about how painful it was in the podcast, it's like, Oh yeah. Like, Oh my God. Like it gave me uh, a perspective that I would have never had uh, before just thinking about like some guy's face getting broken. I mean, I definitely wanted Bosch to stay at that time, but I remember thinking like, 
I don't know. I, I think that team, even though we never really got out of the first round of the playoffs, I think that was that team's peak. And we would have had to have gotten a lot of different people to really make it significantly past the first round back then. Cause I feel like if, if I recall correctly, we were already playing like beyond expectations, right? Like Jose Calderon and guys like that were already yep. better than anyone ever expected. And we were like just getting into the first round. So I mean, I mean, I remember not liking the way Bosch announced his leaving and then DeRozan's like epic, like, don't worry, I got you kind of tweet in response. And, and that's sort of giving me new hope for that time. Mm-hmm. It's just interesting to hear Bosch uh, think back fondly uh, on his time here in a, in a way that is nice. Yeah, no, that's like a, a bunch of great points. And I'll just, uh, uh, I'll just shout out First Inc. Uh, it was a deep cut. To anyone who knows it, it was a, a small film Chris Bosch made about getting a giant back tattoo. Uh, and in the film, he looks up at the rafters in the, in the ACC at the time. And, and he goes, like, he says one of those, like, this, need, this place needs some, some banners and some jerseys raised. <laughs> so, like, at that time, because I remember my oldest brother, Francisco, got it for Miguel. He got, uh, it was for, for Christmas. He got him an arm sleeve and, and, the, and the first Ink DVD, which was, like, 15 minutes. <laughs> um, wow, and, that is a deep cut. Yeah, and we are... Sorry, I should just speak for myself. I was so upset when Chris Bosch left. And, you know, hearing this podcast a little bit, I, you know, I still almost had that frustration of, like, Oh man, Colangelo. Those like Colangelo. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, uh, should have traded Chris Bosh because you know he reflected on uh, he was he, he said he you know was looking to pair with a superstar, and he was um, you know would have went with uh, Miami just to join Wade even if LeBron didn't come. Um, but Ian, uh, not to get too far off track, do you, do you remember that that time was it like heart wrenching for you? Like, like as a Raptor fan, like where is that on your journey? And just as a, a, just as a note, it was Anton Jameson who elbowed him. Oh, um, sweet, thanks, Anton. Sharp <laughs> elbows. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, that there's been a lot of there's been some nice times as a Raptors fan, but previous to the championship, there's so many heart wrenching moments. Whether it's a last second loss or like, I felt like. Bosch leaving the writing was on the wall because there was all this chatter about Bron Bron leaving and everything because yeah. that was that big free agent year. So I think that if you were tuned in, you knew he was gone, especially with with uh, leaving. We were kind of already ready for it. I don't know. And like, I don't know. The whole thing. Yeah, that, those years were so they were they were they were fun, but they were sad. Like, yeah. Man. <laughs> yeah. The turnaround jumper, so smooth, man. He was such a good player. He played with heart. He was a good, he was a good leader. Um, And he wanted to win. And then we drafted Barnani for, you know, like, (laughs) you want, I thought, you know, you could have drafted LaMarcus Aldridge. He was also from Texas, but you went ahead and you drafted Barnani. And I feel like if you're Bosch and you see that happen, you're like, well, all right. <laughs> nice yeah. You know, there's lots of clubs I can go to. My condo is pretty close to King West. That's fun on Saturdays. We just drafted <laughs> Andrea fucking Bargnani. Like, 
Then it was a different NBA, and like you, you know, you get best player available, and there was a hype around the Dirk and everything else. But like Lamarcus was rock solid, and I know that there's a chance that they could have played five four together if they had got had the right coach. Who knows? I don't know. It was just the whole time I try to like block out, like it was a bit dark. <laughs> Buddy nailed it so hard, and for anyone listening, that's not hindsight logic you hear that's that's the bleak truth for absolutely that's the bleak truth we we drafted Barnyani and you know like it's uh it's sometimes like that type of logic I find in basketball can be simple but sometimes it's it's right on the money because yeah it was a weak draft but we had first overall pick and I think you can't mess that up and 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 when you have a talent like gosh sorry go ahead yeah Chris and be like, you know, this guy, LaMarcus seems to be a very good player. He's also from your home state. Do you think you guys could get along and establish an incredibly dominant uh, front court together? And he'd be like, no, actually draft the uh, Italian guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I wish that actually played out. Um, But then after all this time, Bosch was like, no, no, it was funny. Get him. Um, I mean, I'm sure we've uh, talked about, uh, oh, sorry, sorry, Ian, I cut you off. You, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I'm sure we've talked about uh, Andrea Bargnani's Instagram on this podcast like more than once, but doesn't even say he used to play for the NBA in his bio. No. Like on Instagram, like that is how bad of a <laughs> And it's private too. You have to, he has to accept you to, to <laughs> go on his Instagram. Oh, really? Yeah. He accepted me then. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what to say. He's accomplished a lot. Like, he's going to go to state. <laughs> Private Instagram. Yeah, he's had a great life. You know, his oh. life is good. He's just... Oh, yeah. He, he wasn't... I don't think being an NBA champion is, like, his motivate. Like, ever was. I don't think he cared about it. You know what oh, I mean? No. no. He's like, well, um, they're going to pay me a lot of money. I'll just shoot. I'll shoot threes, I guess, from 40 feet and see how hard I can hit the backboard. And he's not like, it's, it's weird. Cause I always feel like it's derogatory when, when people talk about NBA players, not trying, cause it's such an elite wild thing to get to. But Barnyani is an example of someone who I think, you know, for whatever reason, you know, he, he wasn't tested or pushed to grow at any significant points of his career, perhaps. Uh, mm. I think, you know, sometimes people just present such a perfect package. And, and you know, I think uh, we, were, we were talking about Vince last week and, and, um, and how I don't really think, I don't see his career as, a, as like a disappointment. I think it's kind of like he's a really resilient guy who adapted. And that wasn't Bargnani either. Like he didn't even... No. fade in any way like he just wasn't he, he didn't he didn't seem he had so much talent to not kind of put more together and he clear- seemed, yeah. you're right dude yeah. he was like he his first year came in with that rookie athleticism which is like pretty slow on the feet not able to guard and like kind of chunky and you see these guys like if you look at anyone's body Giannis's body in his rookie year versus now or DeRozan rookie year versus now these guys are bigger stronger faster better at what they do but it didn't seem like Andrea really I wanted you to break out into a full oh. Daft Punk song sorry yeah I was bigger, just thinking walk a weaker but yeah no I mean he just I think he just sat around in his condo and like 
played 2K05 or whatever, and like maybe not even, maybe he just watched like the opera. I don't know what he did, but he sure yeah. should practice. No. Um, anyway, can't talk about yeah, com- completely but, agree. Yeah, no, I, I love how you know you're a real Raptors fan if the question starts with Chris Bosch and you end with Barney. <laughs> Honestly, you're a real Raptors fan. If it's like, what do you think about Chris Bosch? And your response I, is, I don't like Barney. It's Just hard to not talk about that. Era. Like it's hard to talk about that era and not mention them. That's right. They're so, they're oh. so inter- interconnected and, and real Raptors fans. Killed that. He really did. Cause he was expected to lead and he didn't have that bone in his body at all. Yep. Um, anyway. Ian, let's uh, let's stick with you here. And um, yeah, did, did did you see that open gym uh, preview where you know it's like kind of like a Nick Nurse voice, and it's like all the Raptors in masks shooting. It's 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 totally surreal. Um, and there's like all these weird glamorized, not glamorized, but you know, like the the format of open gym, but like these like kind of like cut in shots and inserts of like sanitizer being sprayed and like <laughs> things being wiped down. And it's such a, it's a weird mix of a commercial for like, this isn't that scary. And also like, you know, check out the Raptors. Um, and uh, I mean, they all look great. Uh, the video definitely shows them being good at basketball. Like we know they are, uh, but um yeah, like with, with Open Gym being so good uh, and the access they have, what's your expectations of, uh, of like this episode? Is it going to win an Oscar? Is like, is Werner Herzog going to be like, <laughs> I do not make documentaries anymore? I don't Can know why I, I didn't do the say, Werner Herzog voice. Sorry. <laughs> Can I just say uh, the idea that you're like, oh, Open Gym shows them being good at basketball. Like imagine it's just like those Open Gym glamour shots and it's all bricks. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, I, I, I don't know whom I'm explaining the format I think, to. I think they edit the so the show open gym. They only show the ball going through the net. I don't, I don't get it. Um, but yeah, that's a that's a I guess a a pretty cursory explanation of a of open gym. But um, yeah, like do you like I I don't know if you saw it, Ian. Um, but I haven't checked out the pre. That I've been so darn busy, but um. I mean, I love their, their access is always good. And I like watching it because they, this team, when you watch them behind the scenes, they really, they really get along so well, like one through 12, there's no, there's no ego, there's no attitude. And they've done such a good job of building that team chemistry. And then on top of that, they won a championship. So now they've got confidence. So yeah, man, it's going to be good. I think it'll be cool. I don't know. I miss, I miss basketball, but I just miss, miss those players too i just yeah anything i can know about what they've been up to is i'll I'll, i'm into it because i've been you know there's been a lot of like no tv like staring at the wall doing nothing so like anything i'm just eat it up really no before um before uh before the like uh canadian version of uh rupaul's drag race started i was like i have no content Another um, thing I need. <laughs> oh, it's sorry. pretty good. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> uh, sorry, I, I, I was just going to say, Ian, that um, uh, like, yeah, like in regards to kind of like having that weird feeling around. Um, oh man, I lost my total train of thought here, guys. Uh, what was I going to say? 
I lost it. Um, <laughs> Catherine, how, how do you feel about, uh, uh I yeah. feel good. I didn't think the open gym crew was going to go. So the fact that they were, that they're there is huge. Like, I think they're definitely breaking new ground and it would be an Emmy that they qualify for, not an Oscar. <laughs> Thank you. And by the way, thanks for getting my brain totally back on track because yes, yeah. no, yeah, it's the filming quality. Being, like, yeah. Yeah. The filming quality is amazing. And, and but with that being said, like, um, the ringers, uh, NBA desktop is one in Emmy for some reason. Uh, not that it's a bad show, but it's like, wow, you don't think like that little 10 minute thing is going to get like an Emmy. So to me, it's actually like, yeah, Open Gym could legit get Emmys. They just need to like apply. I don't know if they fill the applications out every year. I'm not claiming I know how to apply for an Emmy. But... You might laugh, but I almost called it an Academy Award. <laughs> so I almost went even further away from Emmys, I guess, TV. Um, but yeah, there are digital probably. Emmys that they uh, could qualify for. And I think would for sure get a nomination. It is one of the better web series out there, far none. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. And and let me just apologize to Matt because he knows his actra from a sag. And you know, this guy, <laughs> he's got a he's got a lay of the land when it comes to you know what's what in terms of scale and, and all that jazz. So Matt <laughs> My bad. We're both actors. I'm still learning. Uh, uh, wow. Yeah, you, you, Matt, uh, you know, I'm going to throw this to you. you. You've seen Open Gym. Um, yeah. You know, I don't know how many teams brought their own private film crew. Like Open Gym's, I don't know if they're the first team to have like a, basically a documentary crew every year, but mm-hmm. uh, it's high quality. And like, yeah, like, like what could even, I don't know, they, they could pull out some just incredible imagery, right? At the very least. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think it, I mean, to have any kind of eye in the, to be a fly on the wall in the bubble is going to be interesting because it seems like, I think there's going to be a lot of mayhem. So maybe. Yeah. Oh, so you're there for like, not the calm moment. Like you're, you're like, it's good. We got cameras on for the mayhem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Matt's hoping for like an open gym. I don't like, want anyone to get moment. sick. Yeah. Like I don't want them to get sick, open but I want, I want to see top. like, like I want to see Joel and bead like climbing space mountain or something. And they're like, get down, get it's out. The open gym crew. Good. <laughs> yeah. Like, Wait, you guys aren't in your bubble yeah. either. Like, we got to get yeah. this. It'd be great. Cause all the fights would be in slow motion. Yeah. Yeah. And then there'd still be lots of like glamour shots of the ball going in too much. Please, I got to lose that. If they want to win, you know, multiple Academy Awards or whatever. But, um, let's, uh, let's, let's move on to some uh, NBA. Uh, Matt, uh, I don't know what you got in the way of NBA sting, but whatever you got, give it to me. This is Adam Silver. I think I timed out the tug. Did you? Uh, tugboat sound pretty good. Gulp. If you're checking it on Zoom, sorry. Big gulp of water, wrong <laughs> yeah. time. I should check and see how our uh, our YouTube uh, hits are now that we're doing these. Oh, Zoom through the videos. roof, I'm sure. Through the roof. Oh, this is on, this is going on YouTube. You're damn right. Oh, I didn't. Oh, yeah. My face or hair. Oh, which way? We are going to be harassed by commenters. Um, (laughs) Yeah, right. Let you know. Cheers. (laughs) Um, 
But uh, if you if you if you write a negative comment, uh, straight up come for you. So no worries there. Um, Solid. Yeah, but uh, well, that was a serious threat that I've actually felt <laughs> in my blood. Um, cool. Uh, yeah, actually, I, um, I, I wanted to bring this up. Uh, I wanted to bring up the the WNBA um, because. So if I have the numbers correctly, they, um, out of the 137 players returning, um, five or, or sorry, seven, uh, tested positive. So 5%, a little bit lower than the NBA. I'm not exactly sure of, of the like logistics of the site, um, where they're, where they're playing, but I know that, uh, what they're doing is actually like a, 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 a version of their, their season schedule. Cause it's not, you know, it's not like the NBA where it got interrupted in the middle of the season and they're going to do a full playoffs. And um, yeah, it seems like me, like there's a little more organization around there. Um, I don't know what my actual question here was. Um, oh yeah. Uh, Catherine. Yeah. Just, uh, just framing, just kind of like a, like a positive thought here. Uh, do you think this is a chance for the WNBA to have like a really, really big moment with um, the whole world watching and uh realizing that it's uh, it's high quality basketball. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I'm hoping that people who maybe wouldn't have tuned into a WNBA game before, cause it was summer and they're just like having like a little basketball break or whatever their weird reasons are yeah. might give it more of a chance. Um, it's neat that not just that they're playing at the same time because their seasons in the playoffs obviously like usually overlap but uh that they're in the same general vicinity which is kind of interesting like yeah i don't know the logistics either like if they're sharing practice facilities or if there's going to be any overlap there at all i mean it's going to be interesting i'm honestly just happy that they get to have their season in playoffs because i didn't know if they were gonna like come back or not yeah, totally. And I think like so much of the talk um, is around men in the NBA. And, um, you know, I'm also excited for like aspects of the, of the Black Lives, Black Lives Matter movement um, and, and the women who, are, or who, have, who have been and continue to be such leaders um, in progressive politics and sports. Um, and, uh, I, you know, obviously they have big plans and uh, I think they're going to have a huge platform, hopefully. Uh, Ian, yeah, are you um, are, are you going to catch some WNBA this year? Do you, do you think maybe it's something that um, that fans could, you know, I don't know if they're if they're on the fence or something? Because because part of watching sports is like a habit, right? So it's kind of like people are gonna people are gonna know this is on, and then they're gonna be like, oh well, you know, here I am, and then that's how it starts, right? I think that uh, yeah, this this might be an opportunity for them to showcase the league is because it deserves to be showcased. It's a really good pro league. There's not many pro women's leagues like it. For example, there aren't any professional women's hockey leagues in Canada and this is Canada, right? So the fact that the NBA exists is pretty prolific. It has fans, has really good top talent. Totally. And the money keeps climbing. Yeah. Like it, it deserves a showcase and it should be showcased. And maybe the NBA can use this opportunity as a way to sort of, I don't know. I don't know. They, you know, they need, they, they're done a good job at marketing it. It's, it's gaining popularity and mm-hmm. let's hope that they can say, okay, well, what can we do to really showcase this game 
now. And I think that incorporating the all-star events and stuff is great, but the league itself deserves its own specific showcase, not associated with the NBA. It deserves prime time lots. It deserves that type of exposure. And again, now in particular, when there aren't any other sports around to distract people or any really entertainment, you know, somebody who ought to maybe just go to a bar, they can't even do that. So now's the time. And I think, I hope it does. because like, there's so many good basketball players in the totally. WMA. Like so many. Yeah. And I think like, um, th- th- that's such a good point you made where, you know, not being an attachment to, to men's basketball and, 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 and the NBA, um, and mm-hmm. like giving it a, a genuine platform, uh, a weird comparison, but it almost makes me feel, or almost reminds me of the um, uh, attitude uh, folks had around like the, the Elam ending, the, um, the alternative all-star format where there's mm-hmm. some hesitancy, but a lot of it's built in or built on like whatever, I don't know. It's preconditioned. It's like, exactly. We're told, yeah. we're told that this isn't going to be as good. Then That's you right. come in with negative mindset. Most people do. Then their 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 minds are already made up about the content of of the sports that they're watching. But yeah. if you come in with an open mind and say this league deserves to be looked at, it deserves to be watched by many eyes. Let's watch it. Like it's awesome. I know what's what's um. She just came in. Ines is it? What's her last name? Inescu. What's her first name? She's amazing. I was watching some of her highlights, and then there's this other girl who's. In oh, I think of Andrea. Hate something. Uh, I forget her name. Liz Campage. Is that, if that's who you're referring to. Um, Pardon me. Did, did, did you say Liz Campage? No, there's oh. this other uh, player named Page. I can't remember her last name, but like, dude, what my point is, is there's so many good uh, players in the league. And now that I have a little daughter, I'm like going to watch the NBA, WNBA with her. We're going to watch the NBA, but we're also going to watch the WNBA. Yeah, man. That's, that's the league that she's going to play in. Totally. And exactly. Uh, you know, and you, you have to train <laughs> her how to play like back to the basket early on. Exactly. Like, dude. She needs to know that, you know, you can hold people off with your back and, and, and you don't have to, you have to freak out about it. You can make a nice pass. You can, you can I'm gonna record, for a bit. record the games on PVR and we can go back and watch all the plays and stuff. She's only seven months old, so I got to wait until she's about 10 months old to start. Yeah. <laughs> for the, the plays. Like, you don't want to show her like a double horn and be like, this is how you yeah, see no. the screen. Like, just because she might be I like, I expect to know all that stuff until she's at least a year old. Yeah, for sure. You don't want to freak her out. And I mean, honestly, I have a long term plan for my, my child being, uh, you know, WNBA or, or NBA. Uh, and it's basically, I'm going to force piano lessons on them hard. Lord. And, and then basically <laughs> as soon as they're four or five or six or whatever, they start to snap. I'm just going to be like outside shooting basketball and be like, Oh, what's the matter? Hey. You can't perfect that piano. And then they're going to be like, no, I hate the piano. I'm like, Oh, well you can play basketball hardcore if you want. No worries. And then <laughs> so when come out good. after that last piano lesson, Freddie, and you're shooting the ball and you mm-hmm. have this chat, the, are you going to, the first pass that you give to them, are you going to bounce pass or chest pass? Ooh. I'd say bounce. A bounce. Bounce is friendly. Here, take it. Have a shot, you know? Yeah, Forget sometimes that. a chest pass gets in your eye line and you're like, whoa. 
you know that question says so much about a person's parenting style like holy shit yeah yeah or, or what if they're like they're like oh i do the kevin love whip oh. like, whoa <laughs> that's not right um no. 94 foot outlet pass. That's what it's called. Sorry. No one's ever called it the Kevin Love whip. It's not his car. I mean, it could be called a Kevin Love whip. People, yeah. I knew what you. Yeah. Okay, He's probably the best in the league at that. Actually, him and LeBron are probably the two best players at that. And they were on the same team for a while. Yeah. And I, I, I throw uh, I throw a new contender in there. And uh, that's Jokic. Oh, yeah. The Joker. Actually, yeah. Rondo said it too. Rondo too. Yep. Um, Okay, let's, uh, Catherine, I'm going to start, or sorry, Ian, I'm going to go with you on this one. Um, and I wanted to ask something about uh, silver, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, so, so I, I, I just read, you know, I think everyone's kind of looking for, uh, and again, we, we talked about this on the pod um, last week, but <clears throat> like a tipping point here. We're trying to figure out, is there a point where things are too scary or, you know, the NBA's lost control or you know, and it's a fluid situation. Uh, and, and Adam Silver uh, said something, I don't, I don't want to totally misquote him here, um, but he basically talked about a significant spread. Um, yeah, a significant spread within the campus um, could be reason uh, for, the, for the NBA to, to shut down um, or, or, you know, shut down again. I don't know if that means permanently or cancel the season or what, but uh yeah, I guess, I guess what I'm trying to ask, um, Ian, is kind of like, is this, is this the first time that Adam Silver is introducing the idea that, yes, we do have a tipping point, and we're saying that now in case we need to use it, because mm-hmm. we're scared of Florida, too. We're scared of the uh, surrounding area as well. Um, and, you know, this, like, it's not a bubble, it's a mesh hat kind of concept. Um, it's maybe getting realer. Um, yeah, so yeah, I guess, I, I guess my question always meandering on this podcast is, uh, yeah, is this kind of cold calculated wise Adam Silver or is this kind of, you know, is this the first kind of eensy, teensy, weensy domino of things are starting to get out, out of, out of like extra out of control? I, I don't I think he, if the NBA and, Silver are pretty pragmatic. You saw how quickly they they uh, stopped the season. They stopped the season before I even like the season was canceled, and I was like, "What is COVID? What? Like, you know what I mean?" They were on it, so they they obviously have the NBA is not shy at looking at outside expertise. I know they they probably have a lot of really good epidemiologists on staff. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you they have a policy on paper as, and it'll be internal, but it'll be if X happens, we go use this provision. If X, Y, Z happens, this provision. If X, Y, Z, Z, Z happens, we cancel. They don't, I mean, think about if they canceled, how they would, first of all, they'd look stupid because there'd be a lot of naysayers who would get there. I told you so moment, mm-hmm. but then they would also have wasted a bunch of people's time and spent the money as of well. Money, and there's a good likelihood that if they make these pay- players play, you know, the rest of the season and the season gets canceled a week in, they probably have to pay these guys. You know what I mean? Unless right. they make them rewrite a specific part of their contract saying this, 
whatever you're getting paid this calendar year is going to go, you know, who knows what they have down, but I know they have a bunch of stuff down, but I guarantee you it's going to take a lot of shit for them to cancel the season. But if you're asking me what I think it would be, I think it would be, because if, if somebody gets COVID, if the season's starting the season and it's going and someone gets COVID, that person will be what taken off the team. Uh, then they'll look at who they were in contact with. The problem, yeah, of I course, guess, yeah. if one person on the team gets it, there's a, they got to test everybody and there's a likelihood that maybe somebody else is going to get it. So then what do you say? Okay, well, they played this team last. Let's test. So if one person gets COVID, do you wait until 10 people do? Do you wait until five people do? Do you wait until LeBron gets it or like a right. star? What is your threshold for canceling? Because it's probably as weird as it is, it's probably pretty high, mm-hmm. but they're also risking a lot because if their threshold is high and let's say somebody does get COVID an NBA player and mm-hmm. dies, then not only do they look horrible, but they look downright crude. Really and stupid. Oh so yeah, hundred percent. Even if they pull this off, they're right. crude. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, like so the whole thing yeah. is crazy. So uh, I'm sure that a lot of these guys have not been sleeping well. Silver, yeah. etc. People that are making these decisions, I and I feel like I don't. None of us know Adam Silver, but like the way he, you don't know Adam Silver. The way he, <laughs> the way he kind of carries himself. I bet you if you were to put him in, you know, lie detector test, hey, is starting the season a good idea? He would be like, no, it's not. And I don't want to do it, you know. But I'm sure that there are a lot of people tugging at him saying money, 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 you know. It's weird. I don't know. No, I mean, yeah. It's again, um, it's parted territory. Nobody knows. Nobody knows what the heck to do. Nobody knows what to do. No, you're right. I don't know know how to get groceries. You know, yeah. forget about starting a pro league. It's, it's crazy. Mm. I know. I feel like if I do figure out how to get groceries, then I would perhaps to try to create my own like billion dollar scary, bubble. But yeah. go and get groceries. It's scary for Adam Silver to start the league. You know what I mean? Yes, that's a that's a that's a a small but significant point. And like, I think. Yeah, you made it. You made a lot of good points, and it's you know I, I don't think we can overemphasize how much money is driving this, and oh, um, and the idea of kind of like yeah, Catherine, like the you know yeah, Ian Ian brought it up, I brought it up, and like there's this word significant. So yeah, what's like a significant spread um, for for the NBA? And, and sorry, I'm not I'm not necessarily asking what is a significant spread or what they will determine is one. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually kind of curious, uh, Catherine, if it's like, do, do you think, um, do you think Adam Silver is introducing that idea to the public, you know, to then maybe perhaps later say, uh, yeah, this was significant. That's why I said that back then. Like, is this, uh, do, does it scare you, um, that, that, that he's kind of getting a bit more specific, but still vague? Uh, I mean, I think Adam Silver's statement is more about PR than it is how he feels. Like, I think it's just like he just they have to say that there are measures or there are parameters or that there are um, thresholds for this. I, I mean, if I were to guess, I think having 
I think I, a having multiple superstars pull out, but more so I think if an entire team has to pull out, that would be the yeah. cutoff. If I had to guess, because then that completely disrupts the whole idea of like the tournament and the playoffs. And it's like, how can you measure someone's like road to the championship if mm-hmm. they skipped a whole round? And, and because, that, that like, hits a home. Team had to pull out. Sorry, no, I just keep going, Catherine. I just want to say that's almost the Nets, you know, Torian Prince yes. uh, today or yesterday. So that's like, you know, Kyrie, KD. Torian Prince, um, DeAndre, and DeAndre Jordan. Jordan. Yeah. Um, I think maybe Spencer Dinwiddie as well. So it's like, for, that could be like, ex- I'm just, yeah, I don't want to take away from your point. I'm just, no. And I like, think like the, the Brooklyn Nets are a good example. Cause even back in March, there were like four players who got it. So this is the second time the Brooklyn Nets have been hit with this, which is like brutal. And I think, People are not taking it. I hate to say this. Maybe this is just highly cynical of me, but I feel like maybe the league isn't taking that as seriously because they were already like in seventh place and their top two guys weren't participating anyway. And there were already these other like circumstances around it. But if like, for example, if like Giannis and like Brooke Lopez and like one other guy on their team, got it that changes the whole eastern conference you know what i mean like so it's just like i i don't know i mean i think all of this in hindsight even if they pull it off we'll just be like this was stupid dangerous we're all very lucky at best and this should have never been in orlando first and foremost um and it almost should have never been at all. And, and it's, it's so interesting. Like who knows how much regret there will be, if any, when this is all said and done, but as of today, it just, it, I mean, I'm rooting for them. And of course I want basketball to come back, but it does look bleak. I just have to say it. It looks bleak. It oh, highlights say, say it, yeah. idea it is. And one last thing too, is it's like, what's, what's the end game? What's the quality of the basketball going to be like? Mm. If they do all this and the quality of the basketball isn't what players and fans expect, then it's kind of a waste of time. Totally. And, and, and yeah. that could almost be like, you know, COVID adjacent. You could have players out of health. You could have players um, just, you know, who are out of rhythm and get injured. Like, you know, someone could tear their ACL in, in one of the yeah, warmups or something. Yeah. This is, it, it, is a, it is kind of a bunch of fuckery, really. And, yeah. And I just want to add one thing. Like, yeah. I know, like, I think I've been hearing, like, when I listen to different podcasts and watch different things, like comparisons, like, oh, somebody could get COVID, but somebody could get injured. And to me, this is not the same thing at all. You know True. what I mean? Like every other year prior to this, where there were like major injuries in the playoffs, we weren't living through a pandemic. Like you can't yeah. compare this to anything else and act like, Oh, it's the same as that. Like you can't no. equate it at all. No. And, no. and you know, especially we don't know so much. There's like Rudy Gobert talked about his COVID toes, like such a long time after where, you know, this, it's this a weird phenomenon where like, people who are in really good shape sometimes have very minimal symptoms, but their feet and toes hurt really bad. Oh, wow. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah. So the, this disease is, is such a weird unknown thing. Obviously. Yeah. And we're still learning so much about it. Like I've heard about people like just like, even after they've recovered, they've just like 
been like shorter of breaths and things yeah. like that. Um, and, and, and to your point, Catherine, which I think Ian kind of made as well. And um, I was actually going to ask it as a question, but uh, I'm glad you, you both brought it up. But the competitive balance, I think in the NBA is a fragile thing anyways. Right. Um, you know, like people were furious at, where, you know, the first Golden State run with KD because it, it was weird looking. It was like this team's too much better than the rest of the mm-hmm. field. What happened? Um, and I think the other end of that is what are teams' plans? Like, how is Washington looking at this this bubble? How is Brooklyn looking at this bubble? Brooklyn was mailing in this year anyways. And then they had kind of a resilient, plucky season in some regards. You know, they're in seventh. Like, they're not very good. They're below 500. But I think even still, you know, you get to playoffs and it's like fun or whatever. And you're rebuilding and you're kind of like, Oh, is Kyrie going to come back? He probably won't. And you get to have some fun, but it's like, there's no fun for them here. Um, and then now the players going are going to be fairly like not representative of, of their team. Like it's going to be, you know, like, yeah, for the Raptors road to the playoffs, it might have like, we want to talk about asterisks, like, our first round, it might be like, oh, yeah, the Raptors really beat the crap out of Karis Levert and Jared Allen. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, yeah. Tricks associated with whomever wins or whomever. This whole thing, like, let's say the Raptors win and we're now two-time NBA champions. Like, picture the celebration as we either oh, were God. at or saw how crazy it was. If we win the NBA championship again in, when is it? October when would anyway is is there gonna be a million people out at city hall are we gonna have a big championship parade let's say let's say the Lakers win and now is is that gonna happen in LA is look is everyone gonna say oh LeBron yeah he, he won four rings but it's really only three like this is the implications for even if this goes off well the implications for it are almost all kind of weird and negative in a way it's weird yeah um, let's, uh, let's take it to a silly, but still bubble place. Um, <laughs> and the, you know, Matt, I'm sure you got some ideas for this, so, uh, I'll, I'll hit you third, but Ian, um, I'm going to go to you first. Uh, you know, money's not an issue. You talked about, uh, the, you're going to the grocery store. That's dangerous. The NBA is <laughs> building a bubble. That's dangerous. Let's just, you know, let's say you are Adam Silver, uh, of something. What is like... Yeah, I'm gonna make a bubble of this. What's like? What, what's 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 a, a bubble you would do? Like, a, you mean like what be, my material would be physically, or where, how would I? Yeah, situate? yeah. I don't know if you're using <laughs> bubble wrap, flubber. Um, <laughs> I, I what the, what the properties of the bubble Just are? The classic yurt fabric. No, the, <laughs> the events. Like, well, what's taking place in in Ian Gordon's bubble? Oh, uh, well, the bubble. The bubble is gonna. This is, it's weird because I want everybody to have fun in the bubble, but I also want to maintain, you know, social distancing policies. So all the traditional things that I would normally do and have people hanging out, I just, I wouldn't be inclined to do it somehow. Let's say even if all the players are, you're going to have to have a player's access only place where they can all go and they're all, because they don't, none of them have COVID, you test them every day. And then in there, we can have a lot of, you know, you can have your vidges, your vidgy games. You can have Ooh, I like that, yeah. food. I'd have lots of comfortable places to sit. They're probably going to have all that <laughs> stuff already. 
I'm just thinking about, I, I would want there, I would want beds in there. I'd want to sleep. You know what I mean? Ian's, I Ian's ideal bubble is just a Leon's. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a big Leon's. So it goes tired. on and on. Everybody, it's a Leon's where everything's comfortable. It's like my having a baby at home. The only, like if I was to think of a paradise, the paradise would just be a room that's the perfect temperature and it has a bed that's a hundred by a hundred. And I would just sleep in there for five days straight. And then I would roll, I would roll over to like this part of the bed and there'd be a bunch of food. I could eat off the bed and roll back to the clean area. Yeah, that'd be you good. Know? Like um, I would keep it simple. Keep it simple. Have food that comes out of a wall and a room that's only a bed. Uh, in, in you know what would be fun is if they had a bunch of like, if they had, they brought it back to old school and they had a big smokers lounge and a gambling area. That'd be cool. <laughs> smokers lounge. Just let, yeah. Just let them smoke darts and gamble. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like paradise. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, Catherine, I feel like we got to explore your paradise too. Um, um, yeah, what's what's your 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 billionaire? You can do whatever you want, um, and your 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 task with making a bubble. What's it for? What's it for, or what does it have? Either or. <laughs> like, what's, what do you mean? What's, the what's bubble? going the on bubble in the bubble? It's for you know me to live. Uh, just I would want to. No, no, no. Uh, just me and some cool people. Just, uh, I think I'd do it a little more resort style. So I want all my creature comforts like Ian does, but I also wouldn't mind like a pool mm -hmm. or a beach or like, even like just like an outdoor, like, like screen and like watch movies or something at night. Like that'd be cool. Mm. Uh, I mean, I figure if we're all in the bubble together, then like we can hang. Yeah. Like let's say it's, it's, it's safe. Let's say. Yeah. So that would be more my, my style. That's good. It's, That's it's good idea. Oh, I think everyone's maybe feeling. Campfire the area. Sorry. Go ahead, Ian. Campfire area maybe, or like an instrument. Oh yes. Room. Yes. An instrument that. Room. That. You, know, you could have a studio in there. Yeah. You, yeah you honestly find Nick nurse in there. Yeah, find Nick Nurse. It's like there's Nick a person. And Damian Lillard can could like uh, collaborate Ooh. on him, McGraw and Nelly. Oh, that's good. Your yours also. Uh, I feel like Ian, you also want a bit of Long and McQuaid's. Yeah, you know. I mean, shit. <laughs> okay, Matt. Matt, I know you, you you think about this all the time. If you were a billionaire and and you got to design your own bubble, what's in there? <laughs> um, you know what? If I was a billionaire, I think that uh, something that has everything well, you know, well situated to have fun, and uh, you know, needs to needs to be rebooted. I would like to. Uh, I'm just going to buy the Neverland Ranch. <laughs> okay. Some you wow. Do a lot of work to change. I, I, we're gonna we're gonna you you know demolish and, and rebuild some stuff, obviously yeah, you, the, the main house. Big, but it's got it's got like a certain. You could get an empty field, Matt. She <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> was the most problematic place. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm a billionaire, but <laughs> I know. I guess it's, I guess it's true. You're a billionaire. You could just build your own type of thing without 
going back to the house of haunt there. Uh, uh, but, uh, but yeah, I'd like to, to, uh, make that a, a better place obviously. And I, I feel like it has great bubble potential. It just needs to be, uh, yeah. Exercised a little bit. And, uh, and yeah, like, uh, it, it, it's essentially I'm opening my own, my own, uh, wonderland in a way. So, no, everything oh, will wow. be. <laughs> you must be to ride the ride. Um, mine is uh, mine. I, you know, I think we're all we're all wanting the same things right now because mine is. You know, at the X, um, they have the cafeteria. That's just like food pavilion. Food, yes, food pavilion, food oh. building. Mine's basically the food pavilion. Oh yeah, <laughs> because there's like so much good stuff, but then there's also like weird stuff, and like I don't know, I don't know what that does for me, but like sometimes I need, I some, let's eat something that's a bit like dangerous. Oh yeah, you know I mean it's like you know it's gluttonous, but it's also a bit dangerous. Like yeah, um, you know the Tiny Tim sour jam type stuff. Oh yeah, I want to. I want to get up to Tiny Tom. Tiny Tom. Tiny Tom. Yeah, so come to think of it, my my bubble's not very safe, but it's <laughs> it's packed. Like there's a lot of food and stuff. <laughs> Sorry, knocked over my water glass. I got too excited. Uh, okay, <laughs> I think that's that's fun for kind of a conceptual bubble talk. Um, you uh, wait, Ian. Did you have something before I move on? No, no, I'm good. Oh, yeah. Okay. Zoom has me too. Like looking at everyone's uh, You're zooming questions. around. But uh, yeah, let's uh, let's let's finish off with some quickish questions. What do you say, Maddie? Give me that quickish question sting. Um, we all know quickest questions. Uh, I'm going to stutter. I'm going to slur, uh, maybe even a hiccup. We'll see. Um, but, hiccup. you know, I'll be as clear as I can and you have to answer as fast as humanly possible. Don't you dare phone a friend, uh, or stall or delay. You gotta, you gotta hit me with it. Um, let's do, uh, Catherine, Ian, Matt. Is everybody ready? Yes. Okay. Here we go. <clears throat> Catherine, who is going to win? Oh, geez. Uh, Raptors. Ian. Wait, yes. okay. This, you know what? I'll, I'm going to go back to it because it's for Catherine. <clears throat> oh, um, baby. But, uh, Ian, uh, what would you want printed on your jersey? Oh, uh,. Big, uh, big boy, big boy. <laughs> Mr. Oh, Mr. Big, Mr. Big boy. Mr. Big boy. <laughs> yeah, of course. That's wonderful. Um, <laughs> wow. Uh, Matt, um, which two NBA players would you want on your team to compete on the Smash Netflix hit "The Floor Is Lava"? Which two players? Yeah, you can choose anyone in the league. You're playing the floor is lava. It's Ooh. you and those two. Okay. Um, I want I want Marcus Soul there. So I think okay. that's going to be hilarious. Yeah, he's so me. supportive. <laughs> and the other person I'd like to see. Um, what about like a? What about about James Harden? Oh, okay. Yeah, precision and then yeah. you know and intelligence. Then, that's good. It's a good, good squad. Are they playing with? Against you? 
Uh, they're they're on your team in this scenario. Oh. Yeah. So not Jared. So, Dud- Jared Dudley. Not Jared Dudley. No. <laughs> yeah, no, th- this would be good because if you fell into the lava, Marcus Soul would like grab you by the head and kiss your forehead <laughs> as you're fading in, like pure T two style. Um, okay, so this is the one for for Catherine. Um, uh, Nick Nurse, uh, should he rock a Hawaiian shirt on the sidelines, and what should the fit be? Oh my God. What a dream question. Um, yes, I would love that. And I would love for the, I would love for it to be, this is going to sound weird, but I'd love for it to be kind of form fitting. But then I would love to see like a blazer over the Hawaiian. Oh, wow. (laughs) I thought you were going to go full buttons open and we're good. Um, no, I mean, yes, but that's like, that's yeah, like a more, that's like casual look. I'm thinking, what I'm thinking of is like during the game. Right. Like professional. Yeah. Like professional. And like, okay. you know, men just look good in blazers. What can I say? Hey, um, Ian, yes. follow me on this one. It's a good one. Yeah. Which basketball team would win five LeBron's, sorry, five LeBron consciousnesses in five different mm. dog bodies or a team where all of LeBron's limbs have been separated from his body and they function as individual players. Example, his torso plus his head <laughs> is the fifth player. Um, oh. mm. I'm saying this is tough because quickly the dogs aren't going to really be able to put the ball in the hoop because they're little and they're dogs and it's 10 feet high. Mm. <laughs> if Ron's hand could just go and grab the ball, palm it, and throw it in the basket, he's going to win. Unless the dogs can somehow stack on each other. But I'm going with the with the limbs because I don't see a dog being able to put a ball in a net. Yeah. Good answer. Um, just just food for thought. I, I, I try not to answer the quickest questions myself, but I'll say the, I think the bouncing ball is a factor there that might help the dogs. But also... How do they get it in the net? It's hard, yeah. Um, okay, Matt. Pass it to the other dog and bounce. Like, you can't. They're useless. Yeah. They don't have hands. They got little paws. They're useless. I, I hear you. They're Dexter, <laughs> and we love to... Go- yeah. It's, no, it's a solid question. This is it is. <laughs> uh, we got a lot of good questions this time. Um, Matt, yeah. that's another good one. Uh, Brad Stevens would obviously be the spokesperson for Wonder Bread. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the ideal product for Nick Nurse? Now we, we know he has one, kind oh. of. Oh yeah, we know that he's got the uh, cough drops. But uh, oh, I think it like could he be like uh, like the face of Steve's music in Toronto? <laughs> yeah, for <laughs> like, sure. If I go into a Steve's music, music, you know he's there trying on guitars. Totally. And he'll be like, honestly, you don't need an expensive violin if you're just getting started. <laughs> that type of stuff. He just works at um, Steve's music. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The way he is a brand person is like, he's just there. He puts in shit. Um, and people line up because his advice is solid. Uh, Okay, uh, Catherine, uh, this is your your last question. Um, with everyone staying in hotels, which team, uh, which teams will come together to create the party for? Oh, um, okay. 
Okay, I think Miami. I feel like Jimmy Butler's like a partier. Yes. I don't know if that's true, but it just feels right. And then, uh, who? <laughs> um, I'm going to go on a limb. I'm going to say the Clippers. Because Lou Will's going to bring the party, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they got some good answer people. Um, And uh, Ian, nice little wonderful last question for you here. Uh, Which Raptors, past or present, could body slam Yokozuma? Ooh, uh, Charles Oakley. (laughs) Yeah, great answer. Solid answer. Yeah, Um, Oak is gonna. Oh, yeah. Don't get angry. Don't get okay. Okay. Uh, uh, Johnson was it James Johnson? James Johnson, yeah. Slam on him because he's surge. he's a belt apparently, and his whole family is black belts. Yeah, so maybe. Um, Rosho, but yeah, uh, that, yeah, that, yeah, Rosho maybe not. Rosho maybe like I'm too friendly. Like, come on, guys. <laughs> um, Rosho, we're gonna break his lower back trying to lift that much. Yeah, and I saw I met Russia once in a in a loading dock, and he was carrying a couple of his kids' bikes, and they look pretty heavy. So, um, that's real, by the way. Anyone who's listening, um, I did meet Russian Sterevich, and then I said Rosh, Russia, and his face just said, "Yes, I am Russia." Yeah, um, I am Russia. Leave me, leave me be. That's right. But uh, that's that's it. We made it to the end of the pod. Uh, my place is heating up. Uh, thanks for sticking it out. Ian, I, uh, I'm sorry I took you away from water for such a long time. I hope you're okay. Uh, I'll be all right. I have some yet. Um, hopefully my eyelids stop sweating. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hope that too. That sounds like a, that sounds like kind of hellraisery. You can follow me on Instagram, shirt underscore Gordon. Uh, I'm going to be starting my own YouTube channel as well, where I learn different things. So if you want to follow there, the links in my bio and, uh, hope everybody stays safe and happy and healthy. Hell yeah, buddy. Uh, thanks for, thanks for doing the show. Um, yeah, man. Ian, uh, Ian, Catherine, um, same deal. If you got anything going on, uh, let, uh, us, let us know, I've but got, it's not okay. I've got absolutely nothing going on, but you can <laughs> follow me on Instagram or Twitter at a, it's me underscore Catherine. Sweet. So check out my buddies. They got nothing going on, but they'll make it entertaining. Um, I still have thoughts. Yeah, you have yeah. tons of thoughts. You're like a, <laughs> you're thinking, existing, being. Yeah. So yeah, follow that, um, everybody. But uh, I, yeah, it's been a fun pod. I uh, love you both so much. Everyone, stay safe. Uh, everyone listening to the podcast, um, uh, be safe. Wear a mask um, and um, deal with the heat as best as you can. It's the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast.